You're listening to an Anazal Ministries podcast. What are some of your go-to comfort shows? Is it Friends? Is it How I Met Your Mother? Scrubs, perhaps? Today, we're going to be discussing one of my favorite comfort shows, How I Met Your Mother, and the new series, How I Met Your Father. Today's episode is primarily for beginners, so if you haven't seen either of these shows, we're going to tell you all about what it's about so that you guys will go watch it. We're going to convince you today. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Systematic Geekology, episode 39. We are the priest to the geeks. And when I say that, I don't mean that we're ordained or anything like that. We're just kind of plain priest in the biblical sense of being mediators between pop culture and the faith. And this isn't a trap. We just genuinely like these shows. I might get really deep into all of these super emotional times that I've rewatched this series, including currently. There we go. That's your teaser. <laughs> Kids, did I ever tell you that there's a way that you can support the show? Head on over to patreon.com slash systematic ecology. Subscribe to one of our tiers and you can do that and unlock bonus episodes every month. It's a great time. Nice. I am Joshua Noel. I am a fourth year, about to be graduate biblical study student at North Greenville University. And I have binged like three different shows and binged video game playing this last week because I had quarantine for the coronavirus. (laughs) How fun. Hey, everyone. I'm Brandon Knight. I am really stressed out. I'm a stressed out student right now. I've got people getting COVID and having to cover for them almost all the time right now. So I'm a little stressed out. And I have been unwinding in the evenings by watching X-Men, the animated series on Disney Plus. I just finished season four, about ready to start season five, hopefully tonight. And I will hold any comments on the show. Maybe Joe will want to do one on that at some point. They're going to be doing a follow-up show, right? Like X-Men 90s or something. X-Men 97 coming out in 2023. So we'll definitely talk about it next year. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, those people you had to cover for coronavirus, was I one of them? No. <laughs> did I? Did I stress? <laughs> no, you were not. My youth pastor <laughs> called me and said, hey, we have to quarantine. You're in charge tonight, which for the most part, it wasn't that big of a stress other than I had to write a lesson like in an hour with crew discussion notes and everything. And I don't know how to work our soundboard. I am not tech savvy. The fact that I'm a podcaster is a miracle. And so (laughs) I just had to make sure I had someone there to run sound and we were fine. It was good. Nice. So today we're going to be talking about, again, How I Met Your Mother, an introductory conversation on that. We're also going to touch on the new Hulu exclusive series, How I Met Your Father, kind of a spinoff, seems to be maybe in the same shared universe. We're going to talk about it. But Josh, you alluded to this originally that this is one of your comfort shows. So why do you love How I Met Your Mother so much? I I cannot... Okay, I can find a fault in this show, and that is primarily that some of its jokes have become a little dated. Where like rewatching some of what Barney mm. does now is like, ooh, that's super not okay, dude. Yeah, <laughs> but like at the time, most of us were not enlightened enough to know how not okay that was. True. Also, I'll make the argument that Barney's character, as well as everyone else in the show, is like, super exaggerated because Ted's telling it. And Ted gets pretty jealous of Barney at the end. 
So I don't know how much of Barney's character I believe. I know that there is a popular fan theory that Barney's not even real, that it's actually Ted projecting someone and it's him constantly doing all these horrible things, trying to hit on girls at the bar with who have daddy issues. Again, this character is not one that holds up. But um, yeah, that was a theory I have heard before in the past. Have you watched How I Met Your Mother since it's been on TV or like when did you start watching it? I guess what I'm saying. Oh, oh, I watched it before it was finished. Okay. Whenever I went to college, all of my college friends were like, hey, you know, it's How I Met Your Mother tonight. And I was like, huh? That, to me, I, I immediately thought that it was like a rom-com, just like super cheesy girl show. And I was like, why are you guys watching this? Interesting. And then I watched it and I was like, oh. Oh, I get it. <laughs> I get it. I think without the uh, not knowing what it was about part, it, I was in college too. my roommate. I walked in on my roommate one day and he was watching the episode about woo girls. Remember that one where it's like, we need a woo girl in our group. Yes. Um, and Robin becomes a, a woo girl. Um, <laughs> I walked in on that one and was like, I, I am so mesmerized by this right now. What am I watching? right now yeah i i found every character is relatable in a way that's also super exaggerated but like each one i'm like i have been that guy before i mean not that exaggerated version sure i've been that guy before or you know even lily and robin i'm like i Mm -hmm. yeah no i've wanted to be the woo person before (laughs) in all of the emotional arcs of like the stuff they go through i'm like this is just what real life is and it's in a way where you connect with the characters and in the show, there's always like a punchline or a, you know, a nice feel good moment at the end. So mm-hmm. it's like I can go through these terrible things with them mm-hmm. and maybe I'm going through it in real life. Right. Like uh, recently my grandfather died. So I watched the entire arc where Marshall lost his father and I'm feeling all the things that he's feeling. And mm-hmm. the nice moments do make you feel better. And that's what comfort shows are good for, I feel like. Oh, Totally. Yeah, and that's the thing about How I Met Your Mother. It often gets compared to Friends. It's like yeah, the it's big just better friends, honestly. And it's it's better friends. It's more in depth friends. And y- you talk about the punchline that comes at the end of a lot of the episodes. That's kind of like this, like warm heartedness, or like we're going to be okay. That's how it's different from Seinfeld because Seinfeld has a very pessimistic view on life. It has a very <laughs> yeah. like. And we hate everybody. It's kind of the punchline of most Seinfeld episodes. Whereas with How I Met Your Mother, you know, with the central character being Ted, who's this like hopeless romantic, like you're always just in a constant state of hoping it's going to work out. Because as the title implies, it does work out eventually. Yeah. What I, I, I also posit, though, that Ted and this, um, as well as Ross and Friends, and all of those main character types in these kind of shows tend to be the least likable character <laughs> where I'm like, I just can't yeah. stand you sometimes. The Ted, I know a lot of people, you know, you look at a show like The Office and it's like they see themselves in Dwight or Michael Scott. <laughs> uh, sadly enough, I ha- I connect a lot with Ted of just like, especially when I was single, of just doing these things that now as a married guy, like things that I said or things that I did that I'm like, how did I think that was going to work? (laughs) How was that going to make any girl like me at all and not come off creepy? 
Yeah. Which was also, to me, part of why he was the least likable character. Because there'd be so many times I was like, oh, man, I've done that. Man, I'm so dumb. And it's just easier I mean, to be mad at him than it is to be mad right. at myself. <laughs> Which I guess makes us the most, the the least likable hosts of the show then, of our show. Uh, maybe. We, right. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a problem because we're on quite a few episodes. <laughs> uh, listeners will be okay. They'll live. <laughs> they live. We lived. We lived. Yeah. At least there's a marshal. I don't. Uh, y'all, email us. Go to our website. Let us know who is the marshal of this Ooh. podcast. If you have watched How I Met Your Mother, let us know. If you haven't watched, watch it. Uh, then let us know. Mm-hmm. Who do you see as Marshall? What's the Marshall character? Oh. Very intrigued by that because he, to me, is the most likable character in the oh, show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's the one who's always got the maybe not always, but most of the time has that more moral high ground. The guy is literally a lawyer who's in a job that he absolutely <laughs> hates and wants to find more fulfillment in the lawyer life, you know? Yeah. Which, ironically, I'm trying to be a lawyer now. So, <laughs> yes. So I'm like watching all those episodes and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to aspire to be like Marshall. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So, Josh, I. It's been a while since I've watched the show. Uh, I have seen all of it. I think it was actually the first show that Claire and I binged together after we got married. That was like the first one we got through all together. Great choice. Up next is Parks and Rec was the next one. I think we finished. Also a great choice. She loves Parks and Rec. You just noticed earlier. I have a Ron Swanson print back here on my uh, wall for all you people listening. It really is back there. Um and that's hers. I got that for her at a Comic-Con. She loves we got other Parks and Rec stuff up here. Yeah. But for anyone who maybe hasn't seen the show. Josh, what is like the baseline storyline of this show? So first, let me just put out there, not personality wise, but like belief wise and like likes and dislikes and everything. Mm-hmm. It is odd how similar I am to Ron Swanson. Having gone through it and like things that he's said or done that has Mm -hmm. been the exact same thing that I have said or done in situations like not wanting people to know my birthday, the whole gig. I'm like, (laughs) even his dream, his dream vacation spot was my dream vacation spot before I saw the show. And I'm like, how? How is this a thing? That's awesome. That's for another episode. Well, I guess (laughs) we'll circle back to that one now. (laughs) Yeah. Um, For How I Met Your Mother, Ted is basically he's an architect in New York. Just moved from out of, you know, out of college with his best friend and his best friend's girlfriend, soon to be fiance, as you watch the show, all that happens. And you kind of just watch him fall in and out of love, have terrible breakups, and you watch him and his friends kind of just go through life together. And uh, I mean, that's basically it. Yeah. And eventually you meet the mother. You do eventually meet the mother. Now, it takes like nine years. <laughs> For him to tell the story of how he met that how he met one that. lady. But mm-hmm. now I don't want to go into the full the full spoiler realm here, because part of this is to get people interested into the show. We want them to watch this. We want you to watch this. And it's a really good show. But just for our the sake of the fact that we've never talked about this. Finale. Yes or no. I'll, OK, so a lot of people were disappointed. I liked it but that's mostly because from the first episode i knew how it was going to end okay so like once it ended that way i was just not surprised so i was just like yeah that's what i expected and they did it well (laughs) i josh um you and i think you 
and your wife and Claire and I could all hang out because not only were we like <laughs> matching when it came to the whole Bob's Burgers episode we did back in November, nice. but we definitely feel the same way about the finale. I know it's a big uproar about what happens in the finale, but kind of a like, no, this makes sense, everybody. <laughs> Let's just stop and think about this, because the thing about this show is that as opposed to a lot of other sitcoms, this is a very intelligently written show. This isn't just the slapstick. Jerry Seinfeld says some dry, sarcastic remark. This is well-crafted humor that is a little dated at times, but still well-crafted <laughs> humor, constantly doing callbacks to other season jokes. And just the storyline intricacies is very well, well done. Oh, yeah. The more you rewatch it, the more impressed I am. It's I'm, I'm going to I'm going to reveal something about myself that I, I hope the listeners don't judge me too hard for. It's the same thing when I listen to Eminem songs where I'm just literally astounded at the like the intellect mm. that went into this IP where I'm like, wow, you you guys really thought this through. <laughs> uh, I mean, even down to the goat. Yeah, started teasing that like. For like years before that happened, like they knew what they were doing the entire time. <laughs> right. Isn't there. There was something else, too. I was going to say pineapple, but that's psych. That's a that's um, a psych gimmick. Barney's proposal was pretty astounding. Yes. Oh, they built that I, for like a whole year. <laughs> I remember you just watched this episode recently as you grieve your loss. The countdown to the death of his father or Marshall's dad. Did you watch that one? Yeah, where it's got the numbers hidden throughout the episode that is counting yeah. down. Yeah, it, it was such a weird thing to notice. <laughs> and it's just one of those where you're like, what? These guys are crazy. Slaps giving even. Slaps I mean, that giving. was just it was just ridiculous, literally, you know, slapstick kind of humor. Yeah. And yet a crazy amount of thought went into it that they dragged out for seasons. It wasn't, you I, know. Other shows would have like used all the slaps in one episode, but like it's all the way down to like almost the end. And Marshall still has a slap. <laughs> oh, yeah. I I literally watch all of these slaps giving episodes mm. as well as Bob's Burger Marathon. Everything because, <laughs> you know, it's my favorite holiday. Right. And yes, I'm talking about Thanksgiving in January. Y'all will hear me talk about it the entire year. Get over it. Mm -hmm. It's just one of my favorite traditions to just to watch through these episodes of this show. Um. I feel like I feel like it's OK. Could you could you let our listeners in on what is Slapsgiving? Slapsgiving. OK, so Slapsgiving is Thanksgiving, but I got to remember exactly <laughs> how it works. They make a bet, right? Mm -hmm. And the mm -hmm. bet involves whoever loses can get smacked in the face as hard as possible. Right. Like yeah. whenever yeah. you want <laughs> Right. That was yeah. the other thing. It's whatever you want it to to yeah. the person to slap or the person who wants to give the slap whenever they want to slap you. They can full force and with like no repercussions. Yeah. They had to choose a slap bet commissioner to make sure it was all slap above board. Yeah. Right. 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 <laughs> slap bet. Slap bet commissioner. And Marshall has. From one experience, like it's like five slaps, isn't it? Yeah. Um. So. Barney thought he won and prematurely slapped Marshall. Right. So then when it turned out he was wrong, the slap bit commissioner granted Marshall as repercussion five slaps at any given time that he just 
spreads out <laughs> through the whole series. Yes. I love it. Yeah. yeah. If you had to he pick even writes a song. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I have that song on one of my playlists. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> on Spotify. It's great. Boys to men play it at one point. <laughs> <laughs> if you had to pick one episode as your favorite. Or maybe two. I feel oh. like you might have to be given more than one. <laughs> oh, man. I think it depends. Why? Like, how about funny and in depth? How about if I put it that way? Would that help? Like your yeah. your funniest episode and then like the one that you think is like the best well-written episode or something like that. You know, I, OK, the submarine. After one of Barney's breakups, which might mind you, this is one of those dated jokes, I guess. But mm -hmm. he he devises an entire pickup plan and doesn't let anyone in on it. And the entire episode is basically them trying to figure out what it is. And by them figuring out what it is, he they fulfill Barney's plan. He predicted everything they would do to try to figure it out and then left the plan under the table. So after they accidentally fulfilled it, they found it and realized that they had all just been played. <laughs> I forgot. It was about pretty that great one. I forgot about that one. That is a good one. Yeah, it's fantastic. OK, funny. Funniest one for you. Funniest one for me. Going back to Slaps Giving is the one when Marshall tells this crazy story about he goes to like Tibet to learn the perfect slap. Do you remember that episode? It's like yes. much later on. Yes. And like all of the characters in the show are in the story and Barney totally doesn't believe it. My favorite part of that episode is when the ju the jukebox at the bar doesn't work. <laughs> And Marshall goes over to like, you know, you know, when a jukebox doesn't work, you you, you hit it on the side and it starts working and he yeah. slaps it and it just like crumbles. And the bar owner comes over to him and he's like, well, come on, Marshall, you got to pay for that. And Marshall goes, I have much gold. And he hands him a bag and the bartender shakes and he goes, that is much gold and walks away. Yeah, like they just. Low key, that's actually canon that Marshall did, did all of these yes, ridiculous all of things. Those things yeah. just happened. All right. Um, best written episode. Best written, actually. or like, you know, maybe it gives you certain feelings. I that got type it. of episode. Yeah. I got it. I got it. When Marshall and Lily get back together after their one oh, breakup, which yeah. I guess this is sort of a spoiler. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Well, mine's going to be a spoiler too. <laughs> but they. Having rewatched it and really looked at it, whenever you realize who orchestrated that they got back together, mm. uh, then you go back and watch those episodes and you're like, oh, wait, he, he actually did do that. And somehow we just didn't notice. And it's just truly phenomenal writing and also really moving that, that particular character would have went to such lengths. Yeah. OK, I cannot talk about mine without giving a big spoiler for the show so if you want to go spoiler free i'm just gonna say it so hit that get ready to hit that 30 second fast forward <laughs> josh my favorite one is when you find out that robin can't have kids oh yeah because man and if you're back don't worry this part isn't a spoiler it's so it's written in such a way that you don't know it's coming until the very end and it it's a knife in the chest, but it's it's a good episode. I actually 
had a friend who dealt with something like that. And I remember rewatching it and just kind of realizing, oh, this is what they're going through. And it it actually really helped me relate to them better, I feel like. So that's awesome. That's that's an amazing thing about about entertainment like this is that sometimes it helps you like process how to handle other people's grief, you know, and go with them in it. Yeah, good writing can really explore emotional depths of things that maybe you haven't considered before. That's true. And that's something this show's really good at. Um, but how I met your father, what, how okay. do you feel about it so far? So just so you know, listeners, we're recording this in January. I think it's coming out like in February or right around Valentine's Day yeah. or something. So Granted, there's probably been a couple episodes that have come out ahead of time or since then. Who knows? I've only seen the first two. I think there's three right now. Yeah, I think I'm in the same seat as you. Okay, two of three, (laughs) two of three. Okay, cool. So far. It's I think it's delivering on the writing and there are a lot of um, there's a lot of moments where it's it's how I met your mother light. You know, it's the Miller light yeah. of how I met your mother. Um, <laughs> it's yeah, for sure. It, like they're definitely hitting things. That's like, yes, that is a how I met your mother trope, especially like they keep or ta- they keep talking about the universe. That's a big trope <laughs> in how I met your mother of like the universe guiding you and moving you along type of stuff. Doing rain dances, doing rain dances, you know, things like that. It's not funny. The show so far, How I Met Your Father is not funny. The second episode was better than the first, I thought, but it's not hitting that humor level so far. Yeah, I I just agree. Um, OK, I will say I, I was I was both worried that it wouldn't have anything to do with the original show and that it would have too much to do with the original show. Um, sure. I don't feel like it had either of those like it had some of the same music it had mm-hmm. the apartment i got excited that was i am i am i'm the kind of person who freaks out about nostalgia and i'm like yeah they gave <laughs> me exactly what i wanted yes yeah i think i think they're in a really unique situation with this show because there is a chance to create a shared universe here Without it just being fan service the entire time, they can they have the apartment. I have a theory that the bar that the friend owns is actually the bar from the original version. But it's it's a metaphor. It's under new management like the show. Um, I hope so. I, I think I think they have a really good opportunity to eventually bring in legacy characters without it just being. Here's how I met your mother with a fresh coat of paint on it. <laughs> yeah. And it would be cool if they did bring back said dated character Barney and maybe redeemed him a little bit. That'd be that'd be nice. I do like what they've done with the character who is supposed to be like the replacement Barney for this yeah. version because they went yeah. they went the op- opposite direction, but in a really good way of instead of him being like this chauvinistic um, you know, trying to get in everybody's pants type of situation. The this character who's kind of being the Barney-esque character now is an English gentleman in every sense of the <laughs> word, like all the yeah, way down I, to the suits. <laughs> I, I did enjoy his character. I also, this might be controversial, 
But hey, that's what we're here for. I enjoyed the the lesbian who is awkward around other girls and is trying to figure out how she flirts. And I'm like, you know what? I don't necessarily like not saying anything about beliefs or anything. It's just one of those. Hey, this is something I haven't seen on TV. And I like when TV reflects real life at least a little bit. I'll say this on her character. I think they're doing it well. I don't like she's way too obnoxious for me. That's true. That is, that is true. the only thing is that she's a little too extra. I think the part about her being a lesbian and being from like small town Midwest like me um, and living now in New York and just being really awkward. I think that's all handled really well. She's just way extra on the obnoxious level. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I I am comfortable with people of various beliefs and various everything sure. being represented because this isn't, hey, here's how to be a better Christian in New York. That's not what the show is. That's and not what the show I don't is. expect it to be. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, OK, zero to ten. How are you rating how I met your father's first two episodes? Um, In light of the second episode, which I thought was a lot better, a lot more like a how I met your mother episode. I would say maybe a six and a half, almost a seven. I hate to do this, but I'm I'm just going to agree. OK, but I will say I would have been at a five if it was not for the swords on the wall of the apartment and me realizing, hey, hey, hey. that gave me my my nostalgia moment. There's my swords. Yeah. Do you have <laughs> I know it's a dangerous game for geeks to play what I want to see fan, you know, being fan fiction moment here. <laughs> I know it's a dangerous game, but is there anything that you're hoping to see? Like, Hey, this would be really cool if they did pull this in. I would love Marshall to give relation advice, relationship advice, and to talk about how his marriage is going, because I'm just really connected to that character. And I'd like to hear that hey, he's doing well. And also to see that he's parting the wisdom that forms such a great relationship onto other couples. I think that'd be cool. That'd be cool. That'd be a good use of a legacy character. I have yeah. two. One is silly. Like I said, beautiful. <laughs> like I said, callback jokes is a big thing in how I met your mother. Obviously with the show being so young, how I met your father doesn't have any callback jokes established yet. Yeah. They will. If it, if it lasts, they will. Yeah. I think it would be really cool because most people watching this are going to be people who watched how I met your mother. It'd be really cool if they brought in the sandwich hoagie joke. That's supposed to be in replacement of <laughs> a joint that, or yeah. a bong in the yeah, episode. That would be great. <laughs> These are supposed to be for context. Whenever Ted tells a story about his college days and being on <laughs> marijuana, doing drugs, they would replace it because he's telling his kids these stories with them holding a sandwich of some sort. So I think that would be cool if they brought that back in for this show. Yeah. I also really want, if we're establishing this as a shared universe, picture this, Josh. <clears throat> it's a Halloween party, and the three female characters show up dressed as the three different versions of Robin Sparkles. I would love that. I see. I thought you were going to say the um, was it the sexy pumpkin? Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> we go back to the slutty pumpkin yeah. thing. Yeah, I was that. That would also be pretty amusing or just to have somebody else as a hanging Chad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that would be a good one, too. <laughs> Halloween is 
a great opportunity for callbacks and i hope that's they true. take it <laughs> that's true oh man so i mentioned before this is one of my comfort shows and well, one thing this is this is kind of weird before my i got married the night before i actually stayed up the entire night i was too anxious to sleep and what i ended up doing is working on my vows and I decided to watch every single episode of How I Met Your Mother that has a wedding or is preparing for a wedding. <laughs> and which is an entire season yeah. for people at home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And one of my one of my biggest takeaways that actually did make it to my vows. So this is. Yeah. Was um, one of the characters as part of theirs because they were like, I don't really believe in vows. So what they made part of their vows be is a I'm going to do better. Because I know I might fail at some of this, but I'm going to do better. Hmm. And I just thought that was particularly moving. And I was like, yeah, that that's my big takeaway. Nice. And uh, I don't know. I, I feel like these moments where sometimes shows, I feel like, get you through both good and hard times. Um, do you remember the episode where with the Star Wars, the Star Wars line that Marshall does? Oh, oh, where the. Ted's trying is trying to see this girl. Uh, this yeah. is spoiler ish, but not really. Who's never seen Star Wars. And Marshall has this entire freak out moment because he's like, OK, wait a minute. This is something you watch through health and through sickness, through good times and bad times. <laughs> and that is what this show is to me, ultimately. Mm-hmm. And that puts how I met your father in a bad spot because <laughs> that's a high it's, expectation. It's, yeah, it's trying to live <laughs> up to something that I'm like, I, I literally watch this through every major life event <laughs> nice so y'all, y'all got a lot to live up to here yeah. <laughs> i know what episode if you and uh, your wife ever have kids i know what episode you're gonna watch uh, i can think of a few <laughs> think of a few that would be good yeah. for that oh man now you <laughs> okay <laughs> um do you uh, maybe how i met your mother is yours but do you have a show that you watch through like any like major thing like that that's like always a go-to for you i don't i don't have a show per se i i was raised on seinfeld as a kid so like it was on every night at dinner so there are times where seinfeld does have a very like sense of home feeling for me uh for me it isn't so much a comfort show but a comfort film I absolutely love and I'm hoping this goes over well and we could do an episode <laughs> on this. I absolutely love the movie The Last Samurai with Tom Cruise. Have you ever seen that one? I have not. Oh, that is a good. It's a really good I movie. I'm intrigued. You're intrigued. Um, I, I won't go into the full thing right now, but the the basic why it connects for me is that it deals with a lot of like a man who is beaten down and overwhelmed and just wants peace in his life. And as a guy who has mental health problems and uh, just right now, my phase of life is I've got a lot on my plate, as I alluded to earlier. (laughs) There's been a lot of times that I'm like, I really need to make time for this movie because that it just if anything, it makes me feel like I'm not alone in this, which is part of the reason why a comfort show works, you know? Yeah. Yeah. For Tiffany, it's Lilo and Stitch. All of them, like all the sequels. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I, um, this, this is a weird one. When I get frustrated at church stuff, which yes, guys, I get frustrated at the church sometimes. I love to rewatch Kingdom of Heaven, which mind you is actually written by an atheist, but it, it's starring, <laughs> it's starring, um, 
I want to call him Will Turner, Orlando Bloom. Oh, Orlando um, Bloom, yeah, 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 yeah. Orlando Bloom, Liam Neeson, and it is like the last, or not the last of, but it's one of the Crusades. Okay. And they have this entire speech in it that's like, the kingdom of heaven isn't in these walls. It's not mm. this place. It's these people. And that always is like, that's the thing that gets me back to where like, okay, yep, all right. I remember why I'm doing this. That's a power. That's a very powerful line for sure. You Claire, watch it. I, I should. I actually haven't seen that, but I do love Liam Neeson. Claire's is uh parks and rec. That's like her big that. Yeah, I could see that for the, all the same reasons. I, I like how I met your mother. I can see that. I think I just happened to come across how I met your mother first. Okay. <laughs> I think that's really the difference there. Yeah. Nice. Nice. So, so with this, I'm reminded of the Psalms in the Bible. Okay. Um, which might be weird to some people because a lot of people think you just read through the Psalms to feel good. And yeah, sometimes, sometimes Psalms are really violent. Sometimes they're downright depressing. Mm-hmm. And Psalms, much like a comfort show, go through all of the emotions and tend to leave you on a positive note. I think they do the same thing, but on a probably a deeper level. I would hope a deeper level. Mm. Um, so I, I would say, and I think I was taught this in hermeneutics. So you being the seminary student could correct me, but I would say Psalms are descriptive. They're not necessarily meant to be prescriptive. Oh. They're not telling you how to live or how to feel. They're showing you how these people did feel. Mm-hmm. I believe that's C.S. Lewis, isn't it? It might be. I think I would not be surprised. So much of what I think is well, just he has a, regurgitated he has... C.S. Lewis. Right, right. If one of us regurgitated C.S. <laughs> Lewis, that would not be a shocker. But no, I would, I would agree with that. It's, descriptive not perscriptive is that that's the line yeah 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 i would agree with that i'm actually in the process right now of writing a sermon on psalm 30 i'm going to be preaching at a church this week who their pastor um because of covid complications is in icu on on a ventilator and uh doing better i will just for people listening uh doing better by this (laughs) point um And part of traveling preaching is that you're given this unique opportunity of either I can just go in and preach John 316 or I (laughs) could make an attempt to speak to a congregation on a more intimate level that's actually going to minister to their hearts. And that's usually where I land. And Psalm 30 is David wrestling with sorrow and joy. And how we have sorrow and how we can have joy. And when you're speaking to a church that their pastor is literally like at one point, it was really touch and go with his health. Um, And when you're with a congregation that's feeling this sorrow, they need to be reminded that there can be joy in the sorrow as well. And the psalm, this psalm in particular, but many of the psalms are a great place to go of like, let's sit in these emotions for a moment and wrestle with them. Yeah, yeah. And speaking of which, instead of giving a Bible verse that's going to tell us all how to do this better, I gave an example Bible verse for this episode. Mm. And I chose it because it describes something that I have heard so many people who probably don't know the Bible, so they're not quoting the Bible, say something incredibly similar to this when they felt sad. So Hmm. here's Psalm 69, one through three. Save me, God, for the water has risen to my neck. I have sunk in deep mud and there is no footing. Sorry. (laughs) 
I have come into deep water and a flood sweeps over me. I am weary from my crying. My throat is parched. My eyes fail looking for my God. Hmm. I have heard so many people talk about sadness or depression and saying it just feels like they're drowning. And I'm like, well, yeah, (laughs) here it is. Here is David feeling like he's drowning and say that his eyes are weary because he can't even find God. And how many times when you're sad, you're like, where are you, God? And it's it's right there. It is not outside of God's knowledge that we feel that way. And it is okay. Yeah, because let's keep in mind, like there are many churches where like that would. If you were David in some congregations (laughs) and you're weary from looking like there would be some churches that would actually condemn that of like, well, your yeah. faith just isn't big enough. Well, OK, Lord, help my unbelief. That is a fair thing to pray in a time of distress like that. But I think there's many churches that many Christians that need to realize that. Emotional maturity and emotional intelligence like that is a real thing that needs to be worked out in disciples of Christ and that part of the way that you grow that in a disciple is by sitting with them in that emotion, moving them along. Don't wallow. Yeah. Wallowing isn't necessarily what you should be taking (laughs) away from this, but maturing in our faith also involves maturing in how we feel as well. Yeah. And I'll say, I think it'll do wonders for your prayer life. If you really take this home, Mm. because here's the deal. Um, God wants a relationship. He doesn't want a devoted slave, a devoted servant who's just going to do and say what he wants. Right. Imagine which it's easy. If, you know, we're married, so I guess it's easier for us sometimes. But, I'm, you know, if I'm thinking of if Tiffany is feeling incredible depression, but every time she sees me, she's trying to put on a happy face because she mm. thinks that's what I want. I would feel so awful about that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And like I would say <laughs> I think that's how God feels about us sometimes when we're praying and we're trying to be like, God, let me be strong and quoting Bible verse. Listen, if you feel like you're drowning, God wants to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. David did it all the time. Read Job. That's another example of someone who is like, hey, this doesn't make sense. I don't like this. Somebody hear me out on this. It's basically the summary of the entire book of Job. It's just Job saying, I want someone to hear me out on this. Yeah. So what would you say? As people take this to their prayer life and they're more honest in their relationship with God, what what do you think would change for them? I think one thing that is lacking in people's prayer lives, myself included, is intentionality. You know, we're really good at just saying the thing. Thank I am thankful for this food. Please be with my friend who's going through some grief. Like we're really good at just (laughs) saying the line, but you know, you look at like Colossians one, this my small group's going through the book of Colossians. And so and I'm the leader. So I'm writing the lessons. And the first 12 verses of Colossians one is Paul being so intentional talking about what he prays about for the church in Colossae. <laughs> and it's so much more than we pray for safe travels for grandma as she goes to Florida. Like, obviously, we should pray for these things. But I think when we spend time in the book like the Psalms, that's going to help us process our emotions as we pray to God. That could help us be more intentional and not just saying, 
I'm sad, but maybe even processing as we pray, like, why am I sad? Why am I depressed? Why am I thankful? Why am I joyful? Like, it's not just the negative emotions in the book of Psalms either. <laughs> so I, yeah. I think that would be a big influence <laughs> is intentionality in how we pray. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's to me, it's a lot like as you grow up, your relationship with your parents change, right? You're not just trying to say the right things and not get in trouble. All of a sudden, you're talking to your dad because you want to. Right. And I think that's the kind of change you'd see with your relationship with God as you learn to pray this way. You know? Yeah. Um, also, just quick side note. This is why I'm okay listening to sad songs like Passenger and why you shouldn't judge people who do. <laughs> <laughs> and this is why my favorite band is My Chemical Romance. And with that out go. of the way, should we start wrapping up the show? <laughs> Let's go for it. All right. Um... <laughs> By the way, listeners, we've talked about a lot of other IPs throughout this episode. So make sure if any of those sound interesting to you, especially Parks and Rec, because that sounds interesting to Josh and I, <laughs> head to systematgeekology.org. Let us know what we should be geeking out about and what you want to hear us talk about. We want suggestions. But now, Josh, what's our recommendations for today's episode? Man. Um, the, the whole episode really just been a recommendation for how I met. That's how I feel about a lot of our episodes is that we finish oh, and it's yeah. like we just spent the whole time recommending this thing. <laughs> um, let me recommend uh, Reflections on the Psalms by C.S. Lewis. I don't usually do something deep, usually I go geeky, but this time I'll tell you guys the way he works through that and helps you digest the Psalms and helps you learn how it's okay to work through your feelings. Very useful book. Nice. Um, I don't know. Well, you know, I know we don't normally geek out about this stuff, and so you can all judge me for this. <laughs> but um, in the spirit of the Valentine's Day holiday and talking about a show that's all about finding your true love, y'all, you got to try watching The Bachelor sometime. Like, <laughs> Wait, are, are you for real? I am for real. So that is a okay. show that Claire right. and I do watch. Um, she's been watching it for forever, which, ex which I did not know until we got married, <laughs> which explains why we never went out on Mondays. Um, it's, that's hysterical. It's a trip, man. Like, and especially this season, the guy who's like the main dude who's trying to pick his spouse, he's about as interesting as whiteout drying on my fingertips. Um, <laughs> and so they, when that happens, they try to bring in a cast of characters who are a cast of characters and that is definitely the case for his contestants this season um and it, for all you wrestling fans out there who are rolling your eyes as i talk about this there's actually a lot of similarities in production and how they present the characters on the show to <laughs> pro wrestling to the point where i have figured out major conclusions to the show by implementing my knowledge of pro wrestling so if you're a mushy person Bravo. thank you uh <laughs> if you're a mushy person person who just needs more like romance and also just like garbage television check out the bachelor sometime <laughs> it's only has a thousand seasons i i don't think anyone else could have convinced me to try that <laughs> <laughs> so bravo thank you um if you guys want to follow more of me for some reason, <laughs> you can look up the Old Church Podcast, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you're listening now. I co-host that with TJ Tiberius Juan Blackwell. 
and we just talk about church unity and how the church can better come together as a united body. And uh, also, you can go to systematicecology.org, hit hosts, and down in the drop menu, you can find my name and all the episodes I've been on are right there. You could also do that with me, and I'm Brandon. And you can find me on uh, Instagram at just.brandon.k. Also on Twitter, just underscore Brandon K. I'm also got my own show, My Seminary Life. You can check it out wherever you get your podcasts on Facebook and Instagram at My Seminary Life Pod. Thanks for listening to us in this episode. We had a great time. <laughs> Go to our website in the description, like Brandon said. Let us know what you've been geeking out on, what we should be. And remember, we are all the chosen people a geekdom of priest. This was an Anazal Ministries podcast. If you enjoyed this show and would like to learn more about our network, be sure to check out the Anazal Ministries podcast network.